Welcome to Before You Go. I'm Nicole Franklin. And I'm Bryant Monte. Our guest today is a member of a community that became the scene of a tragedy. Buffalo, New York resident Eva Doyle, known as Mother Doyle, is joining us. Mother Doyle is a columnist for Western New York's oldest black newspaper, The Buffalo Criterion. Now, the paper was founded in 1925, and for 44 of those years, Mother Doyle has documented the history of the area through her writing. The massacre at Top Supermarket, where more than a dozen people were shot and 10 fatally wounded, is now a part of history. Yes, welcome, Mother Doyle. Welcome. Yes. So, Mother Doyle, um, please tell us about your experience on that Saturday, May 14th. As I understand, this supermarket was your usual Saturday stop. Yes, I, I'm I'm a faithful Saturday shopper at and I refer to the top supermarket, the only supermarket in the African-American community as our blessed supermarket. And on that particular Saturday, I would have been shopping there, but I changed my schedule. And um, my family was frantically trying to reach me because they know I'm always there. And they were, my phone was ringing off the hook. and I. I didn't know why, because I had not heard about the shooting. So I changed my schedule and, and decided to go to a, one of our local cleaners, mm -hmm. Hobson's Cleaners, mm. to pick up some cleaning and some clothing that I had left there and had really been there a long time. So I said, let me go pick up clothes from the cleaners and, and I'll go to the tops another time. And I really believe that decision to go to the cleaners saved my life. Hmm. Yeah. Because at that same time, which is about 2 o'clock, 2.30 Eastern time, mm -hmm. I would have been coming out of Tops with a shopping cart full of groceries going to my car. Yeah. And some of the young men, they always would say, Mother Duel, can I help you with your groceries? And they would help me to my car, putting my groceries in, in the trunk. And when I think about that, I, mm. I just, it's, I shudder. Yeah. Because it could, I could have been, my son always tells me, you have angels on your shoulders. Yeah. On your shoulder. I believe that. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. We are still grieving here in Buffalo, New York. We we have had numerous visuals, you know. The president came. Yes, I, I I'm glad he came. Mm -hmm. I'm glad he came because he met personally with families. Good, and he took his time, and he went to a very popular community center in the heart of the community, and he went there and he yes. took his time talking and he and his wife and i i tried to get there as a member of the press i tried to get there but every street i tried to go down they had it blocked off with the state troopers or like cia and every, i don't know if the cia was here but the secret <laughs> service mm -hmm. and and so now I, it was one street a block away but because of my arthritis i have trouble walking a long distance and I, I, I can't make it. 
So I just wasn't able, I wanted, even if I could not have gotten in the room, I just wanted to be there mm -hmm. to witness this historical event. But I um, watched all the news coverage and I wrote my article yesterday and you know something, hmm. my column, Eye on History is 44 years old. I've been yes. writing that column for 44 straight years without interruption. Oh, wow. And I did a tribute to all of the people who had died. Yes. And the name of my article was Remember Their Names. Remember Their Names. Remember, these were people who were an integral part of our community. I knew some of them. And the, the security guard, who was a retired Buffalo police officer when you when you went in tops i didn't really know him personally but when you went in tops he had a um there was a security room he mm. would always come out and greet people warmly that's what oh. i that's what i liked about about him yeah welcome mm -hmm. he had such a warm spirit and for him to be shot he tried to shoot but I think he probably saved a few lives and everybody in the Absolutely. city of Buffalo, not only the black community, consider him to be a hero. Aaron Absolutely. Salt, we consider him to be a hero. Yes. And some of the people I knew that made me so sad when I found out that a fellow writer, yes. Captain Massey, mm -hmm. known affectionately as Cat Massey. Yes. I could believe it when I found that she was among those that was killed. She was a powerful voice in our community, writing articles for the Criterion, very supportive of the Black press, writing articles about, about so, many, so many issues. And the last time I saw her, mm -hmm. we were both on our way to a major anti-illegal gun rally that was held on Jefferson. So ironic. And this was some time ago. And I was getting out of the car. I, I walked with a walker. So she came, she said, can I help you mother Doyle? I said, I'm fine. So we walked together about a half a block to the meeting. And it was, it was in a park and there were a lot of people there. There were a lot of local, national mm -hmm. politicians, community leaders, um, anti-violence group and the whole goal was to speak out about these legal guns yes. being transported into the black community from Ohio like places like mm. that and Pennsylvania and I wrote about it she wrote about it and, and and Catherine Massey was a powerful voice not only against guns but she spoke out on so many issues. And so we're gonna miss every one of these people because every one of the 10 people who were fatally shot, they were contributors to this community. Mm -hmm. That was so, what was so interesting, going back to Miss Massey, Kat Massey, yes. I just yes. am imagining that if you were in the store, you two would have had a conversation. You oh, would certainly. have been there together, communing with each other when we this happened. So I'm glad you said that because the Tosh Marshall was not 
it was, it was the only black supermarket and the people in that area could walk there, but it was a meeting place. Right. You know how black people get together. <laughs> yeah. And yeah. Somebody we know. You're right. <laughs> right. You can be right. in one. I can be in one aisle with a, a basket of groceries and, and, and somebody could be two out. Hey, we're going we're gonna to shout across the aisle now. You know that. Right. And so Ken and I would have had a, had a conversation. Mm-hmm. And it's just so sad. Yeah. All of these people in one way or another made such positive contributions. You know, they, they were members of their church. They did outreach. They helped the poor. Yeah. I was interviewed by the local newspaper yesterday. And I said, I said, how dare this? How dare this mm-hmm. white race, this white racist, this supremacist, more than almost three hours, 200 miles away from our community. Yeah. And come here with the express goal. Yes. Of shooting and killing as many black people as he could. Exactly. And I believe if he could have done it, he would have done it. And you know what really upset me, my granddaughter, I haven't read this 180 page manifesto, but my granddaughter called me and she was really, she read it Mm -hmm. and she said, grandma, do you realize that your street was one of the streets listed in that manifesto? Wow. And, and I really believe this. And I said this many times with some of these interviews. He had to have some help. He um, didn't know this community. He didn't know us. Right. He right. had the layout of the black community. He even drew diagrams of the store. Mm-hmm. And not only my street, I'm the president of our block club, and I try to keep things positive things going in my community and there were a couple mm-hmm. of other streets that were also listed and the police commissioner verified in one of his interviews that he was planning to leave tops come down jefferson jefferson is like the main i think every city has a main a main street where black people are are known to be jefferson right. was our main street and come down jefferson avenue and come on these side streets and then start shooting and killing but you know what? I was so upset out there. The next morning, I didn't want to go to church. Oh. I was so upset. But then I got myself together and I made I said this. We cannot be in our homes mm-hmm. peeping out the window and peeping through the curtains. I got up, I got dressed, mm-hmm. and I went to church. Oh, okay. A member of the First Shiloh Baptist Church for 20 years. Mm-hmm. I'm glad I did because my pastor, we had prayer, mm-hmm. the congregation gathered and had prayer. And I really felt so energized and all over the black community, all the churches, everybody was having services. Everybody was praying mm-hmm. and that really helped us mm-hmm. face this. And- oh, good. So I'm going to keep going. I'm going to keep writing the top supermarket at one time. The community had concerns some years back because they felt that the supermarket could be improved. They can 
and they could have better services and so on. So there was a community meeting and people came together and they voiced their concerns mm -hmm. and the top corporate office listened. Oh, good. And they uh, cleaned up the store. They expanded the store. They put in a more variety of fruits and vegetables. And not only that, but they, you know, sometimes the presentation of how you put things makes a difference. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So I was concerned that the community wouldn't come back. So I went back and sat, sat in front of my computer and I wrote a whole series of articles and said, you got to come back. <laughs> They're yeah. doing a good job. You have to support this supermarket. It's the only black supermarket that we have. And the people came back. Oh, good. And I've been a great supporter ever since. And I have to share at the end of February during Black History Month, I did something that was never heard of before in the city of Buffalo. What? I approached the manager of Tops and asked him if I could have a book signing in the middle of the supermarket. <laughs> so he said, I will have to check with corporate. So he called me and, and the next day. He said, yes, they, they love the idea. As a matter of fact, they promoted it. Oh. Now, when I had that book signing, hundreds of people came. I was sitting right in front of that door where that lady, that shooter came in. I was sitting right in front of the door. But but in Buffalo, if you know anything about Buffalo, the mm -hmm. day I had that book signing at Thompson, there was a, a almost a blizzard. Oh, <laughs> the wind was blowing, the snow and was falling, and I didn't think anybody was gonna come. But you know what? People showed. Oh, and so we had to move over a little bit because I was facing the wind, but the people came. Oh, nice. Now I may be off base saying this, mm. but I write a pure one hundred percent black history. Okay, I don't mm -hmm. hold back. Right. I tell the truth. <laughs> Good. Now, I'm not. I, I my my street was on that manifesto. Maybe he read my book. I don't know. <laughs> right. Right. And got mad. Mm -hmm. I don't know. You're the author of. You're the author of eleven books, correct? Twelve. That was my twelfth book. I'm the author of twelve of twelve books, and that twelfth book. It has the name of my column, Ion History, the Golden Collection. Great. So I, I, I don't hesitate about telling the truth about our history and teaching our children. I, I have been, I, I'm a Buffalo Public School teacher. I retired in 2004. So I have been lecturer and researcher and et cetera. But I tell you, okay. when I retired, I said to myself, I can't sit home looking mm -hmm. at television. There's too mm -hmm. much work to do. Yes. So I teach black history all over this city. And when I was in the Buffalo schools, I was known for two things. Anybody will tell you. Mm -hmm. I was known for teaching black history from, from September to June and every subject, math, science, social studies, you name it. Mm. And I was known for being successful with at-risk black male students. Okay. As a matter of fact, the principal would always come to me when somebody didn't want a student mm -hmm. and ask me, do, do me a favor, can you take this student until June? Oh. I wanted to say no because I already had a class full of students that, you know, it, it's stressful. Yes, <laughs> yes. And my attitude was, when you walk into my classroom, you are going to learn. Oh, Get good. that. Get that.
right away. You are going to learn. I mm-hmm. never will forget. There was a white male student. Mm-hmm. Now this is fifth grade. Mm-hmm. He threw something at his teacher who was a white teacher. He threw something at his teacher and hit him right between the eyes. The next couple of hours, Miss Doyle, can you take this student? Mm. I took him mm-hmm. and I observed him. As I walked around the classroom, I saw that he was, he had some drawing paper and he was, he had a talent for drawing. Okay. I used that. Good. To motivate him. And I didn't have any problems with him mm-hmm. for the rest of the year. Mm-hmm. I just kind of wanted to share that with you. Mother Doyle, I'm yes. wondering, please, this is a, a, a community that has been traumatized. What should the children yes. be focusing on? Because the children are going to come out of this. Yes. I don't know what they're yes. thinking. How, what would your advice be? You know, uh, you know this, this, is, this is something I have to really um, credit. We have an interim superintendent of our, our schools, Dr. Tanja Williams. She's just on the job. She's only been on the job a short time, but she was determined to open this. Uh, everybody wanted, wanted if she's going to open this schools after this, but she opened the schools and she said, I know that they have been traumatized by this. We're going to have people available that can, if they need to talk, we're going to have counselors and others that can come in and speak to our children. And then I I think she said they, they flew the flag half mass in honor of those people who were killed but they were going to have give the children an opportunity to share their thoughts and to talk. And, and I think to me, I'm being a, a retired educator, I think I would have done the same thing. You know, mm-hmm. after 9-11, I did not teach math, science, social studies, anything. I gave the young people an opportunity to express their thoughts, to be quiet. Yeah. to think mm-hmm. sometimes you have to do that this this is something that's going to be our and some of the, there was one young uh, a girl i think she was about eight years old with her parents shopping that saturday and i think her father when this when the shooting started i think he pushed her into a freezer mm-hmm. and they interviewed her and she said she said i wasn't afraid she, that's what she said she heard the gunshot she said i was with my parents mm-hmm. and they were able to get out of that freezer led by her father and her mother and to run and to get away as fast as they could so we did have some children in that store yes can you imagine being in there you're hearing these gunshots and i'm concerned about the the workers too because yeah i know our mayor has stated that they want to open the tops market as soon as possible but i have concerns because the people who were working in there, and I knew quite a few of them, and some of them had to try to hide. Some of them went into the bathroom. But hmm. to hear those shots, and then to see the blood. Yeah. Oh, my Lord. Yeah. Oh, my Lord. To see that blood all splattered all over the floor, that's going to be a while for people to get these images yeah. out of there. Yes. You know, it just makes me think of, um, you know, when... Can stories like these end? Um, 
I mean, words can't even express, you know, the, the emotion and the, and the loss and the devastation that impacts families because of the suddenness of losing a loved one to just senseless violence. In the know? middle of the afternoon, in the middle of the afternoon. Right. And such a routine event, grocery shopping, uh, because you're nurturing other people, you're buying food. I, um, now that I'm thinking about it, I uh, probably have not been consciously watching the news as much as I do because it's uh, it's so sad. I the age of most of the victims, right? The lives shot down in an instant. All of the people I I just I remember seeing those images of them waiting. Who was shot? And like she was uh, recalling with us, people were shot in the parking lot. I mean, all of that was out in the open inside was just a horrific scene i'm sure it was just um yeah unspeakable and and you know i just think about what it takes to come back after something like that um and and i know some of these communities have endured quite a bit of of tragedies and and things that have devastated you know some of these areas in in, in particular buffalo new york so you just think of, you know, praying for the healing and and wanting people to not have that hole in their hearts, if you will. Um, and recognize that PTSD is real. Right. And, um, you know, I've been attacked before, actually, um, by both mm-hmm. um, gun and physical assault, not at the same time. And I just know every little sound reminded me of a gunshot for years. Now I, I even um, am not as terrified but if i hear a gunshot i instantly (laughs) react or something like it you know i'm ducking down but when you're in it that first couple of years i would just say from my experience Mm -hmm. it does not leave you does not leave your dreams and um i i just feel so bad for these people and the families yeah but we're thinking of you buffalo new york and everyone that's gone through it, there was there have been several tragedies as of this recording, which is not even a week after Buffalo's tragic event. There have been several horrible shootings, race-based, hate-based, and it's got to stop. It does. It, it truly does. I mean, what else can we say to these things? You know, what else can we say? What, what, you know, now it's just like she was saying, it's enough of the rhetoric. You know, what are we going to do? Well, let's learn our history for one. Right. I mean, what what's next? <laughs> like the young man who was there and he saw all the media that has, you know, I'm sure they swarmed or still there in the area. Um, okay, when they leave, then what? Yeah. When the president comes, leaves, all the other people that come with power, then what? Mm-hmm. What's next? What is next? And that's something we have to ask ourselves even. What's next? Mm-hmm. You know, how, what, what are we doing to make a, a difference in the world that we live in today? I always think about that. Yeah, let's actively be a part of something right. better to come. We're back with Mother Doyle, who was a columnist for Western New York's oldest black newspaper, The Buffalo Criterion. The entire community was excited when Top Supermarket made the decision to move in, in the heart of the African-American community. You know, I, I do have to say this because I've been 
listening to a lot of people say that they were, uh, you know, some of our leaders saying that they were responsible for bringing the tops there. Mm -hmm. And that's true. But I'm going to, the people who maintained that supermarket, who kept that supermarket alive, was the surrounding community who shopped there on a yes. regular basis. Because you can do something someplace, but if the people don't support it and don't shop there, and um, it's not going to be there. So people came and they would come on a, uh, after church on Sunday, pick up some things before their Sunday dinner. Tops was was known for its fried chicken. <laughs> oh. <laughs> um, that's why I went there a lot to to <laughs> to uh, get the if people were having outdoor barbecues or Sunday dinner, they would go or a family reunion. That was important. So I my message is I'm hoping that when it reopens that we continue to support it. Mm -hmm. I'm, I have to give credit to the manager, uh, Mr. Dave Christopher, a, a young white gentleman. He was just so good at reaching out to the community. Mm -hmm. And when it, and I was in there two weeks ago. He is all over the store. He he you can't he's not sitting down. He's trying to service the people. And the Thanksgiving he gives out uh, free turkeys at the holiday time. Nice. And then in the front of the store, sometimes they will put up a tent for different community groups to come and do different activities. They were um, uh, certainly. Uh, uh, wanting to do that to help, and when I asked him if I could have the um, the book signing, he didn't hesitate. And then mm. one two weeks ago, I was in there because I had, had to find him because because he was all over the store. And he said, he said, you know what, Miss Thorne, I tell you what I like about you, <laughs> you have a very good spirit. You know that me that that made me feel good. Yes. In Buffalo, uh, we have come through a lot. And we're waiting, we're waiting to get more. There's a great need. But, you know, one of the things, uh, and, and a result of this tragedy, a lot of people have really come together and, because now there's, uh, and people have been uh, collecting food. The church groups have come together mm -hmm. and um, giving food and um, personal items and necessities. And, and Tops had a, um, had, had a pharmacy. Mm -hmm. And so they have made arrangements to have shuttle um, buses that would take people to another area so they can get their prescriptions uh, and so on because they didn't have the transportation. So you know that's a, that's a, that's very important because yeah. the nearest the nearest place where you can get prescriptions you got to go somewhere go down Jefferson several blocks. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So I I have to say, if, if there's a good thing that came out of this, is that people, all of the community groups, we have a group called the Peacekeepers with the Fathers Group, um, the anti-violence groups, the churches, they have come together to help in any way that they can. Mm -hmm. And even some of the larger businesses, I just heard this morning that one of our large, large banks is going to donate thousands of dollars to help the, the victims. Because okay. uh, they are expensive. When you, funerals these days yeah. are expensive. Oh, yeah. yeah. So the, they're going to need help. And, and I'm glad to see that businesses coming together to say, we can help you. 
we can help you financially. But you know, I say this because some of these uh, multi-million dollar companies in the last week or so have said we're going to donate 500000 800000 and that's a good thing. But I say this, be consistent. Yeah. Don't just don't just do it now because we've had this awful thing happen. Just continue to pour these resources into in this community because there's so many other areas on the east side of Buffalo that need to be uplifted. Don't say I'm going to give the money tomorrow and then we don't hear from you no more. Right. And, and, mm-hmm. I, and I, I'm, I, that putting that in my column, a whole lot of people do read my column. Yes. <laughs> you know, sometimes you notice that tragedy often brings communities together. Yes. Uh, unfortunately, that seems to be always the case. Yet then corporations, I know they're wondering, what can we do? People wonder, what can yes. we do to help? And we throw yes. money at a problem as if that is the resolution. Yes. Um, besides money, and you wonder, like, I can talk about all the many storms like Hurricane Katrina. I remember all the outpouring of money coming to a city like New Orleans. Uh, And then in that tragedy, however, I don't know what happens in the process of making sure that money gets to the people that really need it and set up programs. And you being an educator, uh, what needs to happen? What really needs to happen in terms of healing a community like Buffalo well, you know, I, I mentioned the schools and the children. Uh, the, uh, the other thing is that we okay. have we have several community centers uh, throughout the east side of Buffalo, and, and, and the president, he visited one of the most popular ones. Uh, and it's an excellent center. They have a lot of outreach programs for our young people, sports programs. Uh, mm-hmm. uh, I've done black history things there, too, and, all, and so forth and so on. But we need more. Mm-hmm. We just It's just like... We can't just say this is the only black supermarket right. where you can come in, in the middle of a food desert and get food. Let's spread this out. You, we, can, we just can't say this is a, a good community center. Let's put the resources. The young people need to have activities and places to go after school. They need to, They need tutoring. You know, let's face it. The pandemic has hit everybody hard in this country. Virtual learning has set our children behind. behind I was yeah. just reading an article about that the other day. They're behind in their reading and their math and so on. So therefore, that means we've got to put as many places for them to go to do to get after school help and tutoring. Mm-hmm. And let's make sure that the money goes to where it's supposed to go to. Right. right. And the people that it's supposed to go to. And I just want to push back a little bit. Um, if I'm a preteen or a teenager listening to these wonderful um, suggestions from adults, and I'm living in East Buffalo, I would say, all right, you're going to give me a lot of more resources and we'll be in after-school programs and we're doing great. White supremacy just hit us really hard. Yes. What are we doing for the white supremacist? Because it it wasn't us. Look at what happened. That wasn't us. us. It wasn't as you know what I I don't mind saying this to the all the white fathers, all the white families in suburbia. Teach your your 
especially the ones who have these ideas, you got to turn around that mindset. When you sit at the dinner table and you're talking to your young people and you're at a sports program, you got to, you got to speak out too now. We're not, it's not black people alone in this situation. You got to speak out to your young people and take these racist, supremacist ideas out of their heads. So this this is a two this is a two way street here, and this is not just in the Buffalo. I don't know where your area is, but we have this racist race supremacy stuff is all over the country. Yes, and so, and and a lot of the, uh, the adults are promoting it. Mm-hmm. This person he had problems uh, at his school with some threats. Yes. Threatening uh, some people with violence. Well, why didn't you do something about that then? Maybe we could have stopped him from coming to Buffalo. Yeah. If we could go back just a little bit and talk about uh, yes. Kat Massey. Yes, Catherine Massey, was a, she was an, an amazing young woman. She was an amazing journalist. She was an amazing lecturer. She was on top of the issues, and she wrote about these things, and she was passionate when she used to speak at the Buffalo Board of Education meetings, I, I would be in the room and I would always be waiting to hear what she had to say because I knew that when she talked, she was going to have some profound information and talking about um, the education. She wanted to see the education of our children be improved. She didn't hesitate about speaking up on these issues. Mm-hmm. So we are certainly going to miss her voice Mm-hmm. Mother Joe, can you talk about how you and Kat worked at this newspaper that was founded nearly 100 years ago, working with the Merryweathers and the opportunities that come through that? I was talking to one of the Merryweathers family the uh, uh, day before yesterday, and they said she mm-hmm. that Kat, Catherine Massey had been supporting the Criterion for going back almost 20 years. Oh, my goodness. We have one other black newspaper in Buffalo, and that's the yes. Challenger News. She also, matter of fact, I just read an article she wrote about three, three or four weeks ago. And also she wrote articles for our major white newspaper, the Buffalo News. Yes. Hmm. She was an advocate mm-hmm. for justice and equality. Yeah. Yes. Now, you're... Um, you're kind of the area historian because of your column, Eye on History. People say history repeats itself. Have you, you had something yeah. like this previviously that you've documented? Maybe not this type of tragedy, but well, something that impacted. Well, you know what? Uh, uh, I was looking, you know, I told you, uh, I, I've written a little close to a little over 4,000 articles in the last four, and I was looking through some of my old articles, and I wrote an article about 20 years ago, and the name of the article, and I did pull it, I now don't see it. The name of the article was Outlaws in the Black Community. Mm. And mm. Um, there was a, a white motorcycle gang oh. who had set up shop in a black community in Buffalo threatening people oh. with violence. I wrote about that. Then I wrote another article about a black couple, uh, a, a black couple uh, in the uh, rural areas of Western New York, who were ran off of their property by white folks because they didn't want them there. And, mm. and one night, they circled their home. They shot into their house. Mm. And so the father 
after being threatened, uh, he was worried about his family, and they owned, the, uh, and this is a rural area where they owned the land. They gave up their property and moved. This was in the western New York area. I, I tell, see, one thing, and you, you see, people need to understand, mm-hmm. history does repeat itself. So, yeah. mm-hmm. But as a historian, I record all these things yeah. mm-hmm. to remind people. Don't get too comfortable because it can happen again. It happened before. Wow. I know you heard about the 22 caliber killer in the 1980s. As a young white man, Joseph Christopher had a 22 caliber whatever and shot, killed 12 black men and cut out the hearts of one. That happened in Buffalo in 1980s. I, I, you know, I remain that that's the purpose of my column eye on history to remind people of the history. Mm-hmm. We have this hatred, we have this racism that it surrounds us and sometimes we forget. Don't forget. History can repeat itself. Where do we go from here as as far as Buffalo and um and the country? Buffalo of the country. Um, What's next? I, I have an idea, but I really don't want to put it out there right now because I don't want people to uh, attack me. It's not a violent idea. It's not a violent idea. But but you know what? We as black people have seen our people murdered. I'm yes. thinking about George Floyd. Yes. I'm mm-hmm. thinking about uh, was Ahmed Avery. Mm-hmm. I'm thinking about all the black men that have been shot down and killed because of racism. Mm-hmm. And I, I often see us, when something happens like that, we have these large marches and these large demonstrations. And, but there's one thing, we, and I haven't said this publicly before, but there's one thing we have not done. Mm-hmm. If we would take one day boycott this entire nation yes one day stay home Mm -hmm. support your own businesses one day Mm -hmm. we as black people spend millions and millions and millions and millions of dollars in this country Mm -hmm. i feel like that would send a strong message that we're tired we're tired but we haven't done that we haven't done it well, we, we might with a call like that. <laughs> the day to. without black gotta, people. You know, I got to put it in the atmosphere. Yes. We don't, we, we, we buy too many things anyway. We got too many clothes in our closets, too mm-hmm. many shoes, too many hats. We drink the best liquor. <laughs> we smoke too many cigarettes. Mm-hmm. Right. Just stop it. Yeah. One, and, and you don't have to, t- you don't have to advertise it. Just do it silently. Mm. Just disappear. One day, I think that will make a great difference, and that will make people say, well, you know, we, we better do something. These black, black folks not spending their money. Yep. Right. Hit them in the pocket. And we'd like to have one more supermarket. You know, mm-hmm. I'm glad we had the one, our beloved supermarket. I'm glad we have it. But let's let's have a few more spread throughout the community so we mm-hmm. don't have a food desert. Right. Let me just give credit to my late husband. He's, he was a veteran of the Korean War, and of he course. always told me this. 
He said, you do a whole lot with your pen. Mm-hmm. The pen, mightier than the sword. Absolutely. Amen. He was the one that encouraged me to keep writing. I will never forget that. Every time I get tired, I hear his voice. Mm-hmm. You got to keep on writing. Mm-hmm. And that's what I do. Well, we thank you, thank Mother you. Doyle. Thanks so much, Mother Doyle. We're going to continue to pray for the Buffalo community and all those mm-hmm. who have been impacted by this senseless tragedy. Incredible testimony. We're so lucky to have her. Please follow Mother Doyle's columns at EvaMDoyle.com. We want to thank everyone for joining us and be sure to visit us for updates on this story as well as others at BeforeYouGo.tv. That's BeforeYouGo.tv. And thank you for listening to us here on KBLA Talk 1580. And before we go, let's take time to reach out to those near and dear to us. Yes, and in fact, let's do it today. There's no time like the present. What What a a gift. gift.